0: Dude, i've been talking for so long
1: <laughs> do you know it's four o'clock
0: now yeah i saw it i was just like oh, <laughs> i really gotta learn to shut my <laughs> mouth but then you got fired up about that
1: whole airbender thing
0: mm. i'm telling you if there's a cartoon you're ever gonna watch
1: it's the one. welcome everybody to episode 12 of the braincast <laughs> greetings fellow gamers as usual I am your host Chris and I am host Johnny and today we are going to be talking about a game mechanic. This is obviously one of our 3BG episodes and in case if you haven't joined us before 3BG stands for well just three B's but what? build
0: a better board game. Yes we are trying to help you help us help you.
1: That was inspiring. That was, yeah.
0: I am words of wisdom coming from my mouth hole. Nuggets. <laughs> nuggets. I'm just dropping these these brain nuggets. These brain nuggets. So just pick them up and just put them in your mouth. Don't even ask questions.
1: <laughs> nuggets. Nuggets. Mouth of crows. You said nuggets. I said nuggets, yes, and I was kind of trying to keep and it. And you made, you realized your mistake. I did. All right. So today we are going to be talking about the game mechanic, Pass and Play.
0: Yes. So this is one of those instances where the mechanic itself is not overly complicated and we're going to kind of be talking about how it can be used in a variety of different ways to try and keep things a little bit more on the easier to play side for your game you know why would you use this as opposed to other mechanics you know what are the pros or some of the cons a couple other things and so we're kind of just really diving into why this mechanic would make sense in your game and just look at it overall as a mechanic itself.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're gonna list a couple of the games uh, as examples, some uh, some examples, and they're actually some of our, I would say, most favorite games. Uh, I mean, we enjoy playing them quite a bit. So, you know, the pass and play is a very, I think, flexible mechanic, even though it depends on the type of game you're building. So that's one of the other things that we're going to kind of dive into is what type of game does this mechanic actually work best for and what it doesn't work for.
0: Right. So I guess without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into it.
1: Let's go ahead and roll those dice. Rolling
0: the dice and passing the cards.
1: Oh, that's even better. Because that's a, that's we're talking we're, about. That's we're a, about yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, I like that. We I like know, that. We, we're, we're professionals over here. We're professionals, yeah.
0: So uh, the ma- the main mechanic itself is one that you've seen in probably a lot of uh, introductory games. Uh, a couple of them to- are included, like Sushi Go, um, that was done by Phil Walker Harding. And then Seven Wonders by Antoine Bauza, probably mispronouncing that. I'm always bad at pronouncing things, so.
1: You got to learn how to pronounce better. I
0: really do. I got to learn how to talk English one of these days. One of these days. One of these days.
1: Take your own brain nugget
0: exactly and uh another one that's gotten a lot of play at our table it's a wonderful world which is essentially uh sort of like a seven wonders clone yeah uh in terms of what it's looking to do
1: and actually you just talked about that in our previous episode i did Uh, you did a review of it where you kind of went into a a bit of a deeper dive on it and some of the mechanics and we'll touch a little bit about that because since you did just do your review, it's going to be a little bit fresh in our mind. So
0: Yeah, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to structure the episodes that way, is that whenever we talk about one particular game, I try and start relating it to a mechanic relatively soon. That way you can be like, oh, so now that I've listened to how the game actually runs, I can see why putting one that mechanic. mechanic in there would make sense. Yeah, At least that's our goal. So obviously one of the big things about pass and play is the fact that it is just so easy for people to just pick up. Uh, It's one of those mechanics where it's good to have it, especially for intro level and very medium light games. Pass and play itself is very interesting because you actually have a couple different styles of pass and play. Um, you have one where you look at all the cards, you draft one, and then you pass them over to the next player. Standard issue pass and play. There's another one where I think it's called like closed pass and play. I don't remember. You actually brought it up a couple episodes ago. But I'm trying to remember for the life of me what that was for.
1: So from my understanding, uh, when we talk about pass and play, the concept, like you're saying, overall is you're going to take a hand and you're going to pass it to the next person, after, to the next player, after you've pulled a, a card. Now, within it, it to me, it seems like you you might be able to correct me on this. Pass and play is kind of an umbrella, and within that are kind of some sub mechanics like hand management or open and closed drafting. You know those type of things where you're going to be pulling the cards, and you can either pull it from a pile like as you're drafting, or you can kind of uh, have all the cards passed out, and then you're picking your particular card that's going to work for you, um, and then. I think also one of the other things might have been simultaneous action sequence. So, you know, everybody picks their cards and then everybody kind of plays them at the same time. So there's there's a couple of different, I think, sub-mechanics that fold into it. And the one that you were just kind of talking about, I think, is closed drafting.
0: Yes. I I believe closed drafting refers to whenever it's no one else can see what I have in my hand while I'm drafting. Yes. I believe that's closed drafting. I believe that is. So that's usually the standard issue one for games like Sushi Go and Seven Wonders because you don't want your opponents to see what's coming around. Um, And it kind of gives you a little bit more information in regards to how you want to set up your particular play area. Uh, Pass and play is particularly good, especially with engine building. So what you try and do is you try and draft these cars to set up your engine. Uh, Seven Wonders and It's a Wonderful World is really focused on pass and play engine building. Uh, Games like Sushi Go are a little bit more easier because they don't really have any sort of... You're just trying to pick the best card that you have and make the best of it.
1: Yeah, because I think that goes back to a little bit to the hand management where in, in Sushi Go... There's only so many dumplings. There are only so many things like, you know. What would you call me? <laughs> there's a nice <laughs> variety, but, you know, you can only go so far in terms of acquiring points. Um, For games like Seven Wonders or It's a Wonderful World, you know, there's more complexity because. There's more of a long game. There's more of a long game, even though in it's a wonderful world. There's only four rounds. Yes. Which you know, we you talked about it in the previous episode. Intensifies it's like, that pressure. Yeah. To... And you just talked about also building your um engine. Your engine, your resource engine, mm-hmm. because since it is limited on rounds, you know, that engine's got to be going almost round one. You got to know what plan you're going to do and enact it and go and forward. You're managing your hand better in those games that as compared to Sushi Go because of the complexity of the cards.
0: So it all depends on the strategy that you have going forward and what would be deemed the kind of strategy that you're looking at. So for something like a hand management pass and play, there really isn't a ton of strategy involved. You're just trying to make the best, the most optimal plays with what you have. Uh, For engine building pass and play, that requires a lot more on-the-fly strategy. Mm -hmm. It also leads you to possibly have a little bit more analysis paralysis because you are on the clock you have to pass and you're trying to make like a lot of decisions and that's kind of people like that when they're trying to be like real puzzle solvey yeah so that's why you have to really know your audience as to what you're looking for in terms of this particular mechanic Uh, like i was saying it is a relatively easy mechanic to kind of implement into your game the question is does it fit your particular game having these things um, in terms of a main mechanic, basically, if you want this as a main mechanic, then you're looking at like a filler game, like a quick 10 to 15-minute filler style of game where you're just passing cards, picking up, playing, and then that's it.
1: Well, I think that's that's one of the intentions. I think if you're a designer and you're looking at making a card game, pass and play is definitely going to be one of those mechanics that you, you automatically kind of start off with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... You kind of brought up a, a, you know, the plus side is it's an easy mechanic to throw on there. The downside, you said, was it could possibly lead to analysis paralysis.
0: Depending on which one you go for.
1: Depending on which one you go with. But, you know, if you're uh, pass and play in itself is not a very complicated type of mechanic. So I think, you know, you don't suffer from analysis paralysis usually in Sushi Go. Uh, the more complex you're making kind of either your resources that they, a person needs to do or objectives or actions that are required by the cards themselves, okay, yeah, you're kind of creating more and more analysis that a person needs to take in when they're, when they're deciding.
0: Yeah, so one of the things that It's a Wonderful World really is good at focusing on is the fact that not only do you have these cards to generate your resources, but you also have to build them. So you're trying to determine what you want to use as resources and what you want to try and use for long game resources. So that's why it just depends on what, how many stacks of you know thought that you have to have in order to kind of plan out and strategize. Um, that's really what leads to analysis paralysis, I found, um, because even in Seven Wonders, it was a lot more limited to how can I best try and build my empire versus it's a wonderful world where you're trying to build your civilization by scrapping for resources and by also trying to build things. So it's one of those things where it is gradually increasing the level of thought you have to put into the cards you draft, which, like I said, does lead to analysis paralysis.
1: Well, as a designer, when you're kind of putting this game together, I guess the question is, where do you where do you create the line that says, I will have a game, a card game where the player has to choose kind of the resource or whatever they're going to go for their strategy versus I'm going to drive their, their actions. They're very limited, you know, to kind of remove that analysis paralysis because sushi go, you know, it's very simplistic in the sense of you only have so many options in it's a wonderful world in seven wonders the number of options you're given kind of increases. But as a designer, you could say, I could give you more options or I could give you less options, kind of like that. So, you know, how do you find that line? Like, where does it come into it? where you wanna say, I wanna design my game this way?
0: It really just depends on, and this kind of goes back to something we talked about a long time ago. It really just depends on what kind of game you're going for. Mm -hmm. Like a game where you get resources and then you do the pass and play mechanic is going to be a lot different than a game where you are required to pick the cards and then scrap them for resources. Mm -hmm. So just by flipping those two, you already have a much different style of game. So it really just depends on what you really want the players to focus on. Uh, Pass and play is good because it kind of speeds up how the game is played. There isn't a whole lot of time to really do stuff. So if you are looking to do like the gathering the resources and then passing and playing, just know that anything that happens afterward is going to take up time unless everyone is doing simultaneous play. So that's one thing that I did enjoy about Seven Wonders, about It's a Wonderful World, is the fact that you can have like a high number of players, but the time to play is still relatively short because of the fact that it does include simultaneous play pass and play really excels at that. So even if you are using it as the main mechanic or as a sub mechanic, then you still have access to adding more stuff, which will hopefully not lead to as much analysis paralysis. Not that that's a horrible thing, but just, you know, in some groups, in some groups groups, you will always have that one person that takes their time analyzing everything uh, and trying to, you know, find the best fit so i mean if you have a whole group of people then that do that then yeah that's fine you know the game will take like two hours if that's how you want to play it then that's how you want to play it yeah but for me uh, i like the pass and play mechanics specifically because it kind of helps everyone stay on a even level because it doesn't give them too much time to really focus on strategy to me like some people see it as a puzzle to be solved while you're drafting. I see it more as a puzzle to be solved after you're drafting Mm -hmm. because you're like, okay, I'll try and do this on the fly, make the best with what I got, and then just see how I can best implement this in order to maximize my points. Um, I'm sure it's no surprise to you that I usually lose. So that's possible that that option might not be the best thing for me. But that's how I like to see the game. Now, when you're talking about utilizing it for your game, you really have to try and figure out why this would work in your game. Like uh, using this for a game like Abomination, I've used that example before. Why would you have a pass and play mechanic in something where you're trying to build monsters? Well, the first thing that pops into your mind is these are all monster parts and that you're trying to draft monster parts to utilize to make the best monster or something. Um, That's possible. Not sure why everyone would be passing around body parts uh for monsters because it seems like that would be more of a, you know, thing you have to go out and do hence worker placement because even in Monster Mash Grand Prix it's more of a worker placement where you have to go to these certain areas and get monster parts. They're mm-hmm. you not know, just kind of like there. But you could do it that way. It just depends on if it would actually flow. Well, But if you have something where, I don't know, it's a race and you're trying to race to do something, then passing around those cards kind of picks up the tempo of the game. So it makes it feel more like you're racing because you're constantly doing something. You're constantly passing cards. And let's say these cards are like movement. So you're passing around movements. You're trying to draft the best movement to be the first one out of this dungeon or something. So that could be one of those things where it helps the vibe of the game because you're constantly moving there's it feels like you're constantly having to do something and if you put like a timer on it then that really increases it because then you're like i have to hurry up pass these cards in order to try and get out of this dungeon within the set a lot of time so it automatically adds to the pressure that you're under um and then at the same time maximize the strategy on the fly Mm-hmm. which I think also adds to that pressure. So it really just depends on how it would work for your game because obviously not in all, it doesn't work in all instances.
1: Well, so the examples that we kind of talked about are ones where it's point-based the the way you score the game Mm -hmm. so i liked in the example that you just gave where if it's a racing game you know you're might be going more of a position at that point you know the cards help in that position that's a good way for a designer to look at it and i think we should kind of go over everything you just listed because you listed several reasons why you would want to choose this game did i yes (laughs) (laughs) did you sometimes i talk and i don't actually remember what i said (laughs) Not a good thing to say, but all right. (laughs) I'm still learning, still learning. So, you know, obviously a designer might want to choose this because it's easy to apply to a card game. If you have a card game, it's probably a no-brainer to consider this. To at least think about it. To consider this because of the the various sub-mechanics that go with it, it actually might create uh, a lot of flexibility within that card drafting game. You know, a lot of the ones, like I said, the examples we gave – point-based you kind of get points the person with the highest points wins mm-hmm. in the you know monster mash grand pre- pre-game that we're developing you're kind of doing a little bit of card drafting but that's not really the main point right so you know that helps as a as a sub mechanic and you kind of use it to have your player go around the board and it's a race hmm So, again, you could kind of develop a card drafting game that uh, also incorporates pass and play. And you're doing the exact same thing where you're going around a board, the first one to the end line wins. Very brilliant idea to kind of go about it that way instead of doing your normal highest points wins. You also talked about the sense that it allows more players to play without increasing that downtime between actions. You know, that's also something that's very useful. It's something that we've talked about before on this uh, podcast where we need higher player counts because of, you know, our group. But it allows that flexibility for a designer. They can kind of go and say, I'd like to play about five or six players in this card game. I know it'll do it. Pass and play helps with that. So that's another plus for it. And then the last thing you kind of said was it allows a person to feel like there could be like the game is moving uh you're moving at a faster rate because you're constantly doing an action tempo tempo is good you know that speed is there especially if you're trying to say i want this game to only be 30 to 40 minutes you know or if you were like i want it to be 10 or 15 minutes this is perfect for that kind of card game so I think that if you're trying to create the sense of I wanted to be a fast tempo, I want it to be a constant motion, you know, if it works with your theme, maybe this is perfect for it. So you kind of just listed a bunch of reasons why this is a great uh, mechanic to use for your your card game.
0: Yeah, um, and I think that kind of goes back to are we going to use this as the main mechanic or as a sub mechanic? Mm-hmm. As I just said, you know, with the racing game, that was more of a main mechanic. It's funny because even in It's a Wonderful World, it's a main mechanic, but it can be split because you have the mechanic of card drafting, pass and play, and then you have the mechanic of engine building. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like hand in hand. And then in Seven Wonders, it feels more like the main mechanic. So the question is, can you have this as a sub mechanic? Where it there's something else, but there's also a reason for you to have a pass-and-play style that's not exactly the focus on the rounds. Really, you have to think about these mechanics in terms of, do I want this to be the showcase mechanic, or do I want this to kind of be the backup mechanic? Um, something that we talk about constantly is a uh, lost ruins of Arnak. in terms of, you know, again, again, yeah. I know, right. Just find a better game to talk about. Not a better game that that came out, <laughs> that came out bad. Um, just pick a different game. Um, but you know, that kind of goes back to main mechanics and sub mechanics. Not every game needs a main mechanic, a sub mechanic. Sometimes it's just easier just to have like one mechanic just for, uh,
1: one mechanic to rule them all?
0: One mechanic to rule them all. That would be... You know, we should actually think about doing that, like this big competition where we have like the Sweet 16 March Madness charts or whatever, mm-hmm. and we just like put mechanics up there and have people vote and see which ones
1: they like best. What makes you think that hasn't been done?
0: Oh, I'm sure it's been done, but I'm just saying we should do it. Oh, okay. We should just get in on that. Um, but That sweet, sweet action. Some of that sweet, sweet action. That sweet March Madness action mechanic madness boom i am so full of good ideas write these down because i've already forgotten what it was um but it goes back to main mechanic sub mechanic not every game needs them but when used properly they can really accentuate a game and i do like to pick on lost ruins of Arnak. i mean obviously i own it i own the expansion so you know i'm not saying it just because I'm just like, that game over there looks stupid. Are you going to play it? No. I'm saying it because I've played it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also one of those things where it I feel like it tried to do a main mechanic and a sub mechanic. But it couldn't decide which one to do. Mm-hmm. So they were both main mechanics. And I was like... Because, I mean, when you first played it, did it seem kind of weird how it was like there was no real main mechanic it was like a bunch of different smaller ones you know when I first played it it just kind of took me by surprise because I was like usually there's like a main emphasis on the game and stuff like that and I thought it was going to be worker placement I thought there's going to be a ton of worker placement because you're going out and you're exploring ruins and stuff and I was just like oh well, that's obviously going to be the main mechanic um, and then I saw the cards for the deck building and I was like that could makes sense you Mm -hmm. know maybe i just need to get more involved as into why i i need this as a deck building um but it never gelled like it never gelled to me like i got i understood why you would have it but because there's so few turns in the actual game itself i was literally only building my deck by like three cards maybe
1: well there was so few turns You didn't have that many meeples. You weren't going to build that many, um, that large a deck in that short a time. And you were somewhat limited on your ability to build a resource engine that quickly.
0: Yeah. And you also had to go through the investigation track, too.
1: Well, I kind of still consider that worker placement because you were kind of, if you didn't move Mm. your worker, that was fine. You still had the ability to do other things.
0: That's true, I guess.
1: But again, you didn't have that many meeples, so it wasn't like you know, I think what that was three, right? You have the two on the main and the one on the investigation track.
0: Ah, uh, they weren't meeples on the investigation track. They were just like tokens. That that's you right. Moved. they were tokens. yeah.
1: So you only had the two meeples you to move anywhere.
0: I think it it is modified for player counts. But I think for our game, it was only two two meeples. So if
1: you play with less people, you get more meeples.
0: I think yeah. If you play like with two people, you might get three. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't I don't know. I normally don't read like two player rules, um, because normally you know our groups are pretty big. Yeah. So it's possible that that could be one thing, but even then, the fact that you have those two mechanics, and it just didn't seem like either of them could tell if they were the main mechanic. Or the secondary mechanic. I think kind of threw me off. And you can have a game that does that. That has two main mechanics. But I feel like everything else has to be seamless at that point. Like you have to really know. What your game is trying to accomplish. I feel like if they had taken out the deck building. And almost made it into a pass and play. You could literally get the same effect. Like I... That's probably just me, but I feel like you could. That to me, that's how big the, a glaring issue it is to me. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that I feel like I could replace that deck building mechanic with almost any other mechanic and it would probably function just about the same. And I don't feel like you should be able to do that for game mechanics. Mm. At least in that sort in that complicated of a game Mm -hmm. like for king of tokyo okay all you're doing is rolling dice so if you removed those cards because there is a card drafting mechanic in there if you removed those cards and replaced it with another mechanic that would be okay because that's not really the main mechanic that's a sub mechanic Mm -hmm. so it should be okay but for a game like lost ruins of arnak you know it's big it's chunky it's got all these pieces, all these tokens, and all these things, and I feel like you should not be able to do that with, mm. the, with that kind of a game. It's like having something in, like, Twilight Imperium, or, like, Dune, or, like, uh, there's another one that just kind of just flitted out of my
1: mind. Terraforming Mars.
0: Eh, Terraform Mars, yeah, okay, Terraforming Mars, where these games are a lot more complicated so I feel like you shouldn't be able to just take one thing out and be able to replace it, and it should be okay. I feel like it should be a lot more intertwined, a lot more seamless uh, in terms of how the game is actually structured.
1: Well, to, in Terraforming Mars, Terraforming Mars actually, I think, is a better example of what Lost Arnak, Lost Ruins of Arnak, was, was trying, trying to, to do. do because of it has the card drafting, but it also has the other mechanics that are within the game itself. hmm And I think they do a better job of making it seamless. Now, this is just based on videos. I've never actually played the game. So I can't specifically say from my play experience. But from what it looks like, um, you know, kind of based on what you're saying as well, it seems like that's a little bit more of a a seamless transition or a seamless combination, actually. That's a better way to say it.
0: Games that require a lot more cohesion... I feel do a lot better. I mean, obviously, that's just a perspective. Um, but I feel like whenever you have a game that's a lot more seamless versus just replacing mechanics to make it work, I feel just do a lot better. But whenever we're talking about pass and play, there's obviously some negative benefits if you want to try and, you know, put that into your game. You know, we talked a lot about the pros, you know, higher player counts, quick turnaround time. You know, you can have simultaneous plays, keeps everyone engaged and stuff like that. Um, But let's take a look at some of the negatives that also come with this particular mechanic. Um, So one of them is that there's a lot of luck that is involved in this pass and play. Sometimes you get cards where you're just like, none of these will help me. And it is just luck of the draw. Unfortunately, is that really a problem of pass and play? Or is that just a problem of the fact that cards are cards and they're just random?
1: It's bad shuffling.
0: It could also be bad shuffling. You know, we've all encountered that. We've all played Magic the Gathering where. We've gotten the top 20 cards and only gotten two lands and we curse the day we were born
1: or all 20 lands
0: or all 20 lands. Exactly. So shuffling can be a bit of a problem for pass and play um, because it will really hamper your ability to strategize. That's why usually a lot of people like to put it in for lighter games, filler games. Another potentially negative is the fact that is it just too easy?
1: Well, I think in, in terms, if we're talking about downsides to the game, in terms of you have to have a card game because it's pass and play, it doesn't make any sense to do it otherwise in games. And then I think to kind of answer your question, it depends a little bit on what you're doing. Is it the main mechanic or is it the sub mechanic? If it's the main mechanic, probably is a little too easy. Um, you know, it's a wonderful world is complex because of the engine resource building um, that you have to accomplish for sushi go which is straight up just pass and play pass and play hand management sort of thing super easy. super easy it's not a complex game which is why we play it at times when we, we've been burned out on you know, harder games.
0: Sometimes you need a nice filler game to counteract all those thinky games. Well,
1: I don't like to call them filler games, but it's a nice palate cleanser, if you will, from or brain cleanser uh, for <laughs> you know. After a Twilight Imperium, I'm not going to jump into another round of Twilight <laughs> Imperium. I'm going to go and say, let's play some sushi. Go. <laughs> After Twilight Imperium, you're going to bed. That's that's how that goes. You're On a drinking binge, one or the other
0: depends on if you win or lose. Yeah,
1: but you know, and it, I think if it if it's a if it's a main mechanic, it is too complex. If it's a sub mechanic, then it depends on how cohesive your game is. You know, obviously, we were just talking about the Lost Ruins. Does it work in there? You'd have to tweak some stuff. It's debatable. It's whoever plays it and how they want to do it. Mm -hmm. For other games that has it as a a sub-mechanic, it may do better. It may do worse. So that's another layer that you have to look at because if it's not really... You have to make sure that it's not just a piece that you're throwing onto a game, obviously, whenever you design something. But if it is in your game, then you have to make sure that it kind of goes well with what the theme is but also what kind of feel you're trying to go for if your game vibe check what vibe check vibe check i was like what (laughs) what'd you say what'd you call me (laughs) uh you know if your game is not a fast-paced game card drafting or pass and play may not really work out that well for you so again it depends on what the type or the feel is that you're going for the vibe
0: the vibe yes the vibe Because it's all about the great balance. I knew you were going to say that. Of course I do. I'm going to find a way to put that on a t-shirt. Another one of the cons is that it does require quite a few cards. Card drafting or uh, pass and play. Obviously, if you want to try and do multiple rounds and if you want to have a higher player count, it will require more cards.
1: Look at the Lost Ruins. Lost Ruins. You only got five rounds. It's true. Five rounds.
0: Yeah, five rounds, and they have a ton of cards in there. Um, so that kind of goes back to... That's with any sort of game... Which you game, never see. Yeah, that g- goes back to any sort of game that has cards anywhere. Unless there's a way to try and maximize the number of cards versus... So that goes back to if a game has too many cards, it's because it has to have a lot of options. So if you don't have a game, or excuse me, if you have a game that doesn't have a whole lot of options, then you can minimize the number of cards that go with it. Uh, a good example is Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot, you have a couple cards decks, but each card deck, I mean, it's only like 30, 40 cards. There really isn't a whole lot of anything mm-hmm. um, because the way the game is structured is that that's not the focus. So the card drafting is a sub-mechanic. So that's why you don't really need a whole lot of cards. However, if it's a pass and play, even if it's a sub mechanic, it's probably still going to require a good amount of cards. And that as a designer is going to cost you a little bit of money, whether it would be with uh, artwork or whether it be production. Production is not too, too bad, um, but just know that it'll start to add up the more and more cards you keep adding. Mm -hmm. Because even Escape from a Dying Planet was... Uh, a little bit more on the heftier side for production. But
1: I think that's because
0: it comes with like 200 cards. Options. Uh, exactly. I was, see, the thing is, it doesn't really feel like it has a whole lot of options. Why are
1: you talking down about the game? What is this?
0: <laughs> because it's just the way that the game is structured. Mm. Because I, I admit that whenever I was designing it, I looked at it from a different lens than I do now. And I think part of it is the fact that because I took the time to really analyze All of these uh, mechanics and stuff like that it really helped open my eyes to whenever I first designed the game and I didn't really go into all these mechanics now do I regret making the game absolutely not like I think that was the best options I had for that particular game that I was trying to design it will really help me focus on the next game that I'm trying to design how I best incorporate these mechanics And, you know, obviously, if I did want to try and do something, then maybe I can try and remove some of those things. Because I think in Escape from a Dying Planet, it comes with uh, contamination cards that clog up your deck because it's a deck builder. So if there's a way where I can, like, maybe you fail the challenge and instead of getting a card, you get a token. And the tokens are worth negative points at the end of the game. I mean, I would have just cut maybe 25% of the amount of cards that go in that box just by that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things that you really have to kind of look at in order to constantly grow as a game developer and really understand that these mechanics do come with cons. This is definitely one of them is the fact that it is always going to be randomized. Can you do anything about it? Not really. Not really. Um, and then the other one is that there are, there needs to be a lot of them. There needs mm-hmm. to be a lot of cards. And for a pass and play, yeah, there really needs to be a lot of cards.
1: That's fair. I mean, I think when we talk about negatives of mechanics, it's not really negatives in, per se of you shouldn't use it. It's, it may affect your game in a way that you're not necessarily thinking uh, or it, it might affect your game in a way that you didn't take into account.
0: Correct. These aren't these aren't like, this mechanic is bad. And let yeah. me tell you why. No, it's just that these, everything comes with a, an upside and a downside. Yeah. And so we're not saying that these are inherently evil or, you know, you should avoid these at all costs.
1: I wasn't saying evil. I never used that word at all.
0: That's true. I think it was that conversation we were having earlier. <laughs> it was like I said before the, the podcast. Yeah, it was like before the podcast, we were talking about like HP Lovecraft <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, evil, 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 evil. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, see, like, for me, I like deck builders. I like deck building. But I do know that it does come with a downside, and that downside is it requires a ton of cards. Just look at Legendary. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why I gave it to you guys, because I was just like, oof, this is way too many cards. Like, I, even I have my limits, and I was just like, this is just way too many. Um, unfortunately, I have now substituted all those cards for Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror. So uh, I can't escape cards because it's just ingrained in me. So we're not really saying that, you know, don't use these mechanics because they have negatives. Just understand that there is a flip side to all the pros that you're going to come up with as to why you should use this mechanic. There's always going to be downsides to every every mechanic.
1: Yeah. And again, like you said, very very interesting details that every designer needs to take into account when they're, when they're putting their game together, because, you know, you change one mechanic for another, it could change the whole balance of your game, you know, throw it off in a different way, you know, and uh, to, you know, kind of go back to other things It it's, a uh, it's about the feel of the game that you're trying to build for the player. So, you know, some mechanics work better than others.
0: Correct. It depends on what you want to utilize your game for. Mm-hmm.
1: So we've kind of gone over the positives, or I don't even want to use positives. We've gone over the benefits and the downsides. Detriments? Would that be the word? Benefits and detriments? Is that how that works? I guess. Again, I don't... Yeah. The upside and the downside. The upside and the downside of using this mechanic of pass and play. Mm -hmm. Again, I think it, it allows for designers to have flexibility when it comes to card games it does have some limitations, obviously, you can't go outside of a card game because it makes no sense, so uh, you apply this mechanic to a card game, but
0: that'd be interesting if you could do a pass and play that did not have cards
1: well if you're if how would yeah. you go about doing that? I don't know. it might I'd be something to think about.
0: The only thing I could think of would be tokens, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> go ahead,
1: uh. It will be another story. Yeah. Let's think about that. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you people.
0: It's always percolate. Can't shut it off.
1: We've kind of gone over what works and what doesn't for this mechanic if if you're designing a game. So I think we've kind of laid out a number of interesting details for people to kind of consider when they're using the mechanic. And I think for us personally, with some of the games that we have listed out, we enjoy the mechanic of pass and play. Um, Sushi Go is definitely one of our mom's favorites. So absolutely. She we, rocks at that game. She rocks at that game. and She crushes us all the F in time.
0: Doesn't get old. Doesn't get old at all.
1: Uh, so was there, uh, anything else you kind of thought that a designer might want to take into account for this or?
0: Um, so I don't really think so because it it's pretty re- straightforward. It, 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 and that kind of goes back to the, the mechanic of it is the fact that it is pretty straightforward. Um so there really isn't a whole lot of, you know, debate or anything like that because it's just, you know, taking a card and passing the rest. That kind of goes back to do you want to use this for this game now that you know all the kind of things that you can do with it and all the kind of drawbacks that come with it? Is this the right fit for you and for your game? Yeah. Well, we can't answer that. That's all that has to be up to you because sometimes it does work and sometimes it doesn't work and there will always be a game where it does work there will always be a game where it doesn't work so really it just kind of depends on what your game is what the vibe is for that game the tone the theme how it would best work if it'll work as a main mechanic if it'll work as a sub mechanic you know it really just depends on you uh, ultimately there really isn't anything else I think that I can think of because it's so relatively simple as a mechanic. It it kind of brings up, I think, something that I asked a little earlier. Is it too easy?
1: Is it too easy? Is
0: it too easy of a mechanic?
1: I don't know if I would use the words, It's is it too easy? I think what I like in our discussions simple? about mechanics is how non, non-controversial they are. Mm-hmm. These are tools to be used. So I think it just depends on if you think this tool will best enhance your game mm-hmm. as you design it.
0: So the game is your house and the mechanics are the hammer and I'm not going to make an analogy or a metaphor.
1: But I am going to tell you an anecdote. <laughs> no,
0: I'm not gonna do what? Sorry, I saw that from the Batman.
1: Oh, okay. I was like,
0: what? <laughs> a tucker is a thing that you do with a carpet go ahead
1: <laughs> but i think it's it's not about if it's simple or if it's not simple i think it just depends on if this is the right tool or not
0: that's fair that's a very fair point
1: i hope you guys enjoyed our latest 3bg episode of the mechanic of pass and play we talked about some of our favorite games and some of the benefits and i'll say downsides of some of the mechanic how it can be used in your designs and whether or not it actually works for you or not. That's really going to be something that you can answer, but hopefully we've given enough information for you to decide. Maybe I want to put it in my game or not. If it works.
0: That's what we're going for. That's
1: what we're going for. I hope you guys will join us for the next episode where Jonathan will actually be talking, doing a review and analysis of what game. No, idea.
0: No idea. Oh, okay. It's going to be a surprise even to myself.
1: Oh, that's even better. I know. I love surprises. <laughs> So join us for that next episode. And if you guys wanna reach out and talk to us, go ahead and subscribe to either the podcast on any of the
0: like sites, like websites. Affiliates.
1: Yeah, affiliates, whoever holds podcasts. So like Apple or Apple Anchor
0: Pod. on Spotify. Spotify, like that. yeah.
1: Do any of those. Subscribe, like if you want to give us some five stars. I would appreciate it. That. that would be awesome
0: we do enjoy stars We
1: do enjoy stars you guys if you want to reach out to us on instagram or facebook go ahead and do that you guys can also join uh our newsletter that you can sign up for on the website so there's multiple ways to kind of contact us and talk to us
0: yeah we love your feedback and so if you have notes or if you want to see us talk about a particular game or game mechanic Or just having a particular opinion. Be like, what is your opinion on this? You know, we love it whenever you guys try and engage with us. That way we know that we are talking about something that interests you. Besides just mechanics and stuff.
1: Well, until next time, guys.
0: I'm host Johnny.
1: And I'm host Chris. And happy gaming.